Hello everyone, once again this is Ringside Ramblings and this is your host returning, Sam Kiola the Wrestling Connoisseur and I am flying solo today and uh, I guess this is going to be this uh, this week's WWE review, a uh, little scheduling conflicts, I believe Kyle's sick, I believe John is just being trampled underfoot somewhere, uh, so that kind of leaves me um, and this is you know, quite honestly, the only time of the day I can do it. So, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't really know where to start. I'm not gonna go match by match. That is for sure. But what a week in WWE! I mean, seriously, if if you were expecting some major, major things to happen, you would be sadly let down. Um, Monday Night Raw. I don't even know where to begin on this because, in my opinion, Raw was just awful. I mean, you have Seth Rollins just running around the place. My uh, my buddy, Trucker Sean, called me up and he asked me, does Rollins turn heel? I hadn't even watched the show yet, but I had my reservations as to to if he did or not. From what I can tell, everybody can rest assured, Seth Rollins did not turn heel. Despite running around the arena, attacking everybody with a steel chair, he took out Elias at the start of the show. He took out EC3. He took out Eric Young. He attacked Baron Corbin. Um, God, I mean, it, it was just, I, I don't know. The announcing team tried to get over how Brock Lesnar has pushed Seth Rollins to this point. I personally don't buy it. I mean, uh, Brock did come out and beat his ass with a chair, but what does that say about Rollins if, if now he's attacking everybody with a steel chair just because and essential the reason is Baron Corbin gets a special guest referee and everybody Corbin asks to be the referee gets attacked uh, not a very face quality in my opinion you know there's there's been no build that Seth Rollins is getting screwed so how he gets to run around and make it seem like it, you know, it's face or even an anti-hero tactic is a fail for me. Um, yeah, so right off the bat, totally kicked out of it. Seth Rollins killing everybody with a steel chair. And EC3, they've made this guy a joke. It's just awful what they've done to EC3. And that's 100% Vince McMahon. So, going on from there, start of the show, um, after that with Elias getting beat down with a steel chair, Bobby Lashley comes out and spears him? For what reason? Lashley's a heel, Elias is a heel, Elias has already been beat up. Why? I mean, unless I completely saw that wrong, um, I did not rewind it to see. But, yeah, didn't make sense to me. Um... Yeah, I have no clue. I really have no clue. 
as to why half the shit we saw Monday night made absolutely no sense. I mean, I understand why is that Vince McMahon went in with his marker and he rewrote everything and none of it made sense. None of it flowed at all. Um, we saw authors of pain. Finally, authors of pain are back. Um, and luckily they found that guy. If you're asking what guy, nobody knows because there's absolutely no storyline there. It's just a sentence thrown out that Occam or Rezar, I don't know who's who. In his Mike Tyson voice, he's, luckily we found the guy. Awful. Then they have a stare down with the Iconics. That's a match I would like to see. Um, what's next? I mean, speaking of the Iconics, nothing could be worse on the TV screen than the Iconics. Uh, I cannot stand this team. I don't know why they put the titles on them. Especially Peyton Royce. No, Billy Kay. Especially Billy Kay. Peyton Royce is tolerable. Billy Kay sucks to high heavens. I cannot personally stand Billy Kay at all. And I don't feel like I'm getting worked like a Vicky Guerrero. I can't stand her. I, I feel like she just sucks. I don't know. I don't know what it is about her. I do not I do not like her. She's jobber worthy to me. I don't think she's good in the ring. I don't think she's good on the mic. I hate the gimmick. Uh, I just, I don't get it. Moving on. The only, you know, I mean, we had the, the, the good aspect of uh, Shane McMahon's group with the Revival, McIntyre in their, their A-lister section. And uh, you have Heath Slater come in. And I was like, oh man, maybe this is going to be something good. Heath asks for a raise. And McIntyre actually looks like he was uh, a little taken back. You know, he's making some facial expressions like, oh, man. And uh, Shane asks, hey, you go take care of that. McIntyre goes out and offers him some money and then beats the living shit, shit out of Heath Slater. Is there going to be a storyline coming with this? I don't know. Is it just build for saying McIntyre is a yes man and that he's definitely going to uh, do whatever he's asked uh, even if it means beating up a friend uh, is it just build for a psychotic you know the Scottish psychopath uh, losing his temper before this Roman Reigns match maybe um, but it was a good segment and hopefully it's something that they follow up on hopefully uh I'd like to see them use Heath Slater. So we'll see from there. Uh, you know, I, I know Kyle is probably hoping that McIntyre can be redeemed and turn on Shane McMahon and get back together with Heath Slater. Um, see, anything besides that that actually was worth a damn on Monday Night Raw, I cannot think of a goddamn thing raw just it was it was the pits honestly it was it was just minor things here and there like your face champion bailey coming out to watch 
Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross challenge for the tag titles. And, of course, Bailey distracts Alexa Bliss, and so her team loses. And I'm like, this is becoming of a of the SmackDown's face women's ta- uh, champion. It, it's Bailey's a face. Alexa's turning face seemingly with Nikki Cross on Raw at least. So now they, what are they doing? They're doing this Bailey's heel on Raw because she's from SmackDown and Alexa's face on Raw, but heel on SmackDown. It's convoluted. It's it's too much over the top when they can't even solidify what are face and heels anymore. And now they're wanting to make it a complex storyline. Like you have an attachment to one show or the other. And therefore you're going to root for it. It's just such bullshit. They cannot juggle this amount of bullshit. So Bailey coming out doing heel shit, even though she's a face and Alexa bliss, apparently uh, still a heel, but really is faceish, and I don't know. I don't know why they even booked this match to begin with. Um, with Alexa versus Bailey, it makes no sense. There's so many other people on SmackDown they could have used instead. This does nothing for anybody except make you either less of a Bailey fan or less of a Alexa Bliss fan, hoping that she turns face. It, like I said, it's convoluted. Uh, and it just it made me care less about this match, this feud, the storyline. And now Nikki Cross is like, oh, no, you're going to win now. And so what, you're going to turn Nikki Cross heel in this aspect as well? It's, it is complete fuck up the ass. Uh, Raw sucked. It's the minor things like this. It's like stick to a goddamn storyline. Just stick to something if they're face keep them face i get the transition for alexa bliss but commit to it don't go wishy-washy anyway uh, i can't think of anything else than smackdown um i don't i don't know smackdown it, it nothing stood out for me really to be honest uh, i'm trying to think anything better nothing comparatively worse i'd say but the biggest problem with smackdown now is just a it's a two-hour repeat of raw because you got the wild card rule so everybody you're using on raw you're using on smackdown we're not using any of the undercard mid card lower card it's it's essentially just a repeat i mean smackdown may have one or two more matches uh, but is it anything worthwhile anything noteworthy um storyline wise i i can't really think of anything i mean you're you tease a corbin sammy uh kevin owens group but then that seemingly fell apart uh oh uh, and on raw also we got teased luke gallows and carl anderson maybe getting a push again but that fell through seemed like um yeah, I'm just Raw SmackDown just sucked this week in my opinion. Uh, people could say, "Oh, well, no, I thought it was pretty good." What was good? What advanced? I mean, we got stomping grounds, and you just had a really shitty build. Um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I watched NXT, and immediately I am questioning NXT because your your heel 
champion comes out to to a big pop, a big cheer. Yay, it's the Undisputed Era. These are the bad guys. Let's cheer for them. What is that shit? I mean, I, I expect higher quality from NXT over the WWE product just because of what we have been getting. You know, with, uh, with Tommaso Ciampa as champion, he was booed. He was supposed to be booed. You're a heel. You're supposed to get booed. I, I don't understand what's so hard of a concept about this. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can argue this bullshit line that WWE has pushed for the last five years of the universe can cheer for whoever they want. No. No. You're a heel. You're supposed to be booed. I don't care if you like the heel or not. I'm a huge Chompa fan. But you're still supposed to boo the man. He's a heel. You're supposed to hate the heel. You're supposed to have an emotional investment. And yeah, I can be like, oh no, storyline-wise, Ciampa should win. I can totally say that. But I still, I want to be made to to pull for the face. I want to emotionally be made to pull for the face and be irate when the face loses. That's storytelling. And if you're not doing that, then you're doing it wrong. Let me let that sink in for a moment. If you're not making the fans and the audience hate the bad guy and love the good guy, despite respect for their abilities and their talents and their work way, if if you cannot make them suspend belief of all that, like, wow, you know, Ciampa's really good in the ring. If you can't make me suspend belief of that, why are you even telling me this story? Because that's the whole point of it. You're supposed to be getting me so involved that I'm like, take my money. And this is this new tactic of uh, just give us your money because you like wrestling. It's not going to work very long. I know our our good friend Just John is contemplating not even getting the network anymore. And it's so cheap at $10 a month that you can get all the old stuff that he loves, but it's just not worth it anymore. When you can go watch other wrestling that is good, that you can enjoy. Think about that. So yeah, NXT, ah... You know, nothing to really write home about. I I was not I was not happy with the heels getting cheers. Um, I mean, you have Tyler Breeze down there, and it's like, well, shouldn't shouldn't your main roster guy that's gone back to NXT be just kind of a step above everybody else? You know, in my opinion, shouldn't he be? Because, I mean, he's on the main roster. These other guys aren't. That should say something. Uh, apparently it doesn't. But apparently we're going with the thing that Velveteen Dream beat him. So Velveteen Dream is main roster worthy. Which, honestly, everybody knows that he's not because he's not on the main roster. Otherwise. But there you have that. Um I don't know. It 
it was what it was. It was some good stuff. Some, eh. You know, we had the re-debut of Punishment Martinez as Damian Priest. I was more impressed with, uh, I think it was Raul Mendoza, uh, the jobber guy down there, than I was with Martinez, if that tells you anything. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm usually much higher on NXT. Wasn't feeling it this week. Um yeah, at least there was some build. Looks like we may be getting more Tyler Breeze Velveteen Dream stuff. Maybe Velveteen versus Roderick Strong. Uh, looks like they may be pushing Matt Riddle really fast. Uh, I don't. I don't know. We'll see. I will say this: I caught two hundred five this week, and I rarely do I ever catch two hundred five. Uh, a few good things. Um, Drew Gulak is getting a title shot, which I hope they strap him. Um, I was preferred Drew Gulak down in NXT. I would have really preferred Drew Gulak on a main roster getting a push. I think even though he's a smaller guy, this is your breakout Kurt Angle. Drew Gulak is that good in the ring. He's good on the mic. I think he could be used on the main roster better than most of the guys that are on the main roster. At least he would be entertaining. Unless Vince touches him, and then he'd probably just turn to pure shit. Uh, but hopefully Drew Gulak, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him get the title. Other things on 205, Orny Lorcan versus uh, um, Ariel Davari. And this is a little bit of storyline built to it. I Like I said, I haven't really watched 205, but I, you could get the gist of it. And... I will say that this was probably the best match of the goddamn week in WWE. Orny Lorcan selling the arm like a mofo. I haven't seen that in Raw or SmackDown or even NXT. Does nobody sell anymore? I mean, we got uh, Daniel Bryan versus Seth Rollins and Daniel Bryan reverses out of the Falcon Arrow after Superplex. Just completely no no sells it. So yeah, I think the Orny Lorcan versus the Vari match was probably the best match of the week, and it was on two oh five of all things. And uh they sold. It wasn't like a super high flying match that you would expect on two oh five if you're not familiar with some of the guys. Uh it was a good match. Orny Lorcan, mostly from NXT, doing some two oh five live stuff now. And it's worth checking out. If you not don't check out any other WWE stuff this week, I would check out 205. Yeah, so if you watch anything on WWE this week, my suggestion would be catch 205. Watch the Orny Lorcan versus Ariel Davari match. Um, I thought it was a pretty good match. It's a, it's a nice standard match. Speaking of that, I'm just going to go into a little tirade here. Not for too much longer. Because I have a baby that's about ready to wake up. But. What is it with WWE and the idea that no longer you have to follow the formula that's worked for generations. The formula that brought wrestling fans into the fold. What I'm talking about is your face wrestles 
a face match. Your heel wrestles the heel match. It's an emotional investment. I'm talking about stuff that made fans love Tommy Dreamer. For those of you who aren't aware of what I'm talking about, is when you know, Dreamer gets the living shit kicked out of him, so the fans are endeared to him as a baby face. He doesn't give up. It's that Rocky type moment where, in the climax of the movie, Rocky doesn't give up. He gets beat down after heel tactics. The antagonist beats the protagonist down, but the protagonist doesn't give up. When everybody else is like, no, man, you should stop. You should give up because you're going to get hurt. He says, no, I'm not going to give up. And he takes the punishment and he makes the comeback. And everybody's all happy because the hero is winning. What happened to this sort of storytelling in the ring? Watch Jerry Lawler, Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Stone Cold. These are the baby faces that tell stories. Dusty Rhodes, for Christ's sake. And then you have the classic heels. You know, whether it's a monster heel or ego heel or dastardly heel. These are the guys that beat down their opponent. They cheat. They don't care about the rules. The rules don't apply to them. They just want to win at all cost. But if you watch any match in WWE these days, when was the last time any of these heels cheated? When? When when have you seen a heel lock on a submission hold and grab the ropes? Use the ropes for leverage and a pinfall. Pull the tights. Eye gouge, brass knucks, foreign objects, anything. It rarely happens anymore. I I do not understand why. What is the emotional investment if your heel wrestles a basic straight match and they're only a heel because the fans don't like them today's WWE heels are essentially just douchebags compared to yesteryear compared to other places other promotions and yet today's faces do goddamn heel tactics at times you're in a tag match and the face tag team will run over and push the bad guy tag team off the apron the bad guys don't even do that the good guys do it I do not understand it It is simple storytelling that your antagonist should be doing these immoral tactics. Your antagonist should be doing the things that is 
questionable by society as a whole. Now, yes, good guys can do these tactics as well. Within reason, within context, you know, if it's a situation where it's payback. Like you saw Hogan do the back rake on his opponents. These were big payoff matches and feuds where it's now like down to a grudge match. And Hogan would be getting revenge. And so the fans would see a Hogan heel move like a back rake or an eye gouge as tolerable because it's eye for an eye. Same way with Piper was a face or Flair was a face. And they would continue to do these heel tactics that they've used all along. These uh, rule-breaking tactics, I'll say. Because it was eye for an eye. Or within context of a storyline of, you know, maybe it's an outside invader. Flair versus the NWO. And Flair uses a low blow to win because there's so much on the line. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Not seen as a heel quality, but as an anti-hero sort of quality. But when we see it today when, you know, Jimmy Uso runs over and pushes Scott Dawson off the ring apron so that they can win, that is not the same thing. That is a heel tactic. The context of the story is, is not there like it would be in the other situations. So I'm just, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know where it's come from. I don't know if we've grown up seeing these things and then people don't understand the context of why a face would do something that would be considered rule-breaking. If we just go, oh, well, you know, sure. And then we, we, we do that move and we don't understand why we've done that move. And these are the things that, in my opinion, take a fan, take an audience member out of the match. Because if you're just regular schmojo who is turning on TV and you land on USA Network on Monday night or Tuesday night. And you have no idea who's good or who's bad. And you see a face doing the bad stuff, you're going to be quite confused. Because if I tuned in on Monday and Seth Rollins was beating the shit out of Eric Young with a steel chair, that would tell me A, Seth Rollins is heel, and B, Eric Young is the face. And then you turn in, oh, okay, let's watch this show because maybe I'll catch it tomorrow night. Oh, SmackDown. Tune on SmackDown and, and there's Seth Rollins as a face, as a good guy. And I'm going to be like, what? what's going on? I don't know what's going on. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not going to watch anymore. And so if you're booking and you're writing for the casual fan, which everybody says they claim that they do, it is a royal, big, fat fucking lie. Because you're not writing for a casual fan. Because a casual fan would have no fucking clue what's going on. And with that, I will end my WWE Weekend Review. I'm sure next week, Trucker Kyle will be leading the uh, the review on the road again with, with Josh and probably the loose cannon. It was hard for everybody to make a time from this week, so I just decided I'll you know I'll watch in my downtime with a little man here and 
the future world champ and and see if I can't get something together. So there's my review this week. I, I, I don't think the others would necessarily agree with everything I've said here, um, which is, is sad because that means they would be wrong. But there it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you guys, folks. Stay tuned. There will be more. As always, I am your host, Sam Kilo, the Wrestling Connoisseur, and this has been WWE's Weekend Review by Ringside Ramblings. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.